Well, happy Tuesday and welcome to today's Capital One Teachable Tuesday webinar, co-sponsored by COSIDA and the N4A. We are pleased to offer the second of our two-part discussion on LGBTQ inclusion initiatives in college athletics. Last Tuesday, we offered the administrator's point of view on this topic, and today we have the student athlete point of view. My name is Tanya Vogel. My pronouns are she, her, and hers, and I'll serve as the webinar moderator today. I'm really excited about the conversation that we're gonna have because of our incredible panelists, Casey Cross, Emma Gee, and Jaden Vasquez. I'll share a little bit more about them in a few minutes. One of our scheduled panelists, um, former Franklin, Franklin Pierce University, Cece Telfer, can't join us today, but will be available for comment and participate in any questions that we have following this webinar. Before we begin, we'd like to say a quick thank you to our corporate partner, Capital One, presenting sponsor of COSIDA's continuing education series. As a reminder, the on-demand webinar will be posted later today on COSIDA.com and COSIDA's YouTube channel. We also will have this as a podcast and you'll be able to download it from services listed on COSIDA.com. Please invite your colleagues to listen and watch the on-demand webinar as it's free to everyone. Also, part one of our webinar series is available on demand, and it was an incredible conversation. So I, I encourage you to check it out. For today's webinar, we're gonna have a few opening remarks from our panelists. And after that, we're gonna dive into questions. I wanna thank those of you that submitted questions in advance. We will also work to get those answered along the way. And I encourage those of you that are on the, the webinar today to submit questions into the chat. Again, I'll work to get those answered, but what, if we're not able to answer them on today's webinar, we'll make sure to get them answered offline and provide those responses to everyone. On to the introductions. Today we have with us Casey Cross, pronouns they, them, their. Casey is a mental health and performance cl clinician at the University of Arkansas. Former basketball player at Columbia College in Missouri, Casey earned a master's degree in clinical psychology at Arkansas while also serving as a graduate assistant. Casey has also worked as an associate counselor with LGBTQ focus at the University of Wisconsin. Our next panelist is Emma Gee, pronouns she, her and hers. Emma is a track and field graduate student athlete at Temple University after completing her undergraduate career at BYU. Emma was the only out athlete at BYU during her time there. She's an NCAA regional qualifier in the 3000 meter steeplechase and she was part of the BYU cross country championship team that placed seventh at the NCAAs. Our final panelist is Jason Vasquez, pronouns he, him, his. Jaden is a football student athlete at Fordham University. He's a junior linebacker and has appeared in 20 career games over his first two seasons, making three starts as a sophomore. Jaden leads the LGBTQ subgroup at Fordham called Fordham Connect a student organization which aims to erase the stigma around vulnerability and mental health in sport. It's a fantastic panel. 
and it's time to hear from them. So I asked the entire panelist group, what brought you to the table today? Emma, can you get us started? Yeah, thanks for having me. So uh, as I was introduced, I was the first out LGBTQ plus student athlete at Brigham Young University. And why I'm here on the panel today is because I owe a huge part of my coming out process to the administrators that made it possible. I was able to interact with allies at BYU and that wasn't something that I was aware was going to be a part of the culture at the time, but I'm so excited and grateful to be able to share how they helped me feel comfortable being myself in athletics. So thank you so much for having me. I love it, Anna. Jaden? Yeah, one thing that brought me here today is that I came out around this time last year and the amount of support I've gotten from Fordham, um, friends and family has just been, have been great. And a lot of the uh, issues I faced myself, I realized were internally and a lot of things have been changing. And with Fordham Connect and um, other things that everyone's doing in the community, I wanna make it known that other people can feel accepted and it just has to be normalized. Thanks so much, Jaden. Casey. Yeah, so I, I actually graduated undergrad about 10 years ago and then moved into the administrative side now. And I've never been in a position where I've had someone else that I can look up to to say, okay, this is how I navigate being queer in college athletics. And now that I'm in a position to hopefully be a mentor to others or even just help administrator, excuse me, administration, I feel like it's, it's my responsibility to this next generation of college students that are in school now and the ones that are coming to be able to to kind of make a path for them to to know how how to best navigate uh, this environment i love it and thank you guys so much again for being here today to share your stories and, and really help our audience as they continue to try to find ways to serve their student athletes and make things better so that leads me to question number one what are some of the biggest issues that LGBTQ plus student athletes are facing currently at their institutions, within their athletics departments, and or on their teams. Emma, why don't you get us started? Yeah, okay. So being at BYU, which is an institution that's backed by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, one of the biggest issues that student athletes were facing was the administration were working um, backed by an administration that had homophobic policies. So when it came to addressing LGBTQ inclusion, there was not only a lack of education on the administrator's side, but also kind of limitations on how and the ways in which they could show their support. And that's very isolating for the student athletes that identify as LGBTQ+, because you are never sure which adults can support you, if they're going to be allies, or if they're going to report you to the honor code, which at BYU was their way of enforcing some of those homophobic policies. So for me, in my experience, it was a lack of trust with administrators, a lack of, you know, knowing their education around these issues, and that definitely affected my mental health, and I know that it just makes it hard to go to administrators when you need help around these topics. 
Yeah, I appreciate that, Emma. We're going to talk a little bit more about um, faith-based institutions in a second. Um, Jaden, can you weigh in on some of the, the largest challenges that students are facing? Yeah, uh, Fordham is a Jesuit university, but a lot of our administration has been very helpful um, throughout the process of creating the student-led um, initiative. But one thing that a lot of our athletes face right now is LGBTQ topics still being a taboo subject. And I, I say this because a lot of people are, are out here at Fordham, but some of them, and I still do too, feel so uncomfortable to talk about this because when we go out, we get people turn their heads and they're like, this isn't something that should be an everyday conversation. And I believe it should, it should change. So one, one thing that I, I find people struggle with is not only expressing themselves um, personally, but expressing themselves in the community. Perfect. Casey, you've had a chance, obviously, to work in administration for some time. What are you seeing as some of the largest challenges that these students are facing? Yeah, I think in, in my position, what I've seen um, as, as kind of the most difficult is just the, the cis heteronormative language that's used um, whenever coaches or administration is addressing teams, you know, often saying men and women and boys and girls. And I think that often makes some students that may identify as trans or non-binary or gender non-conforming feel pretty excluded um, and, and also not feeling like they can say, hey, you, you know, you didn't include me whenever you began this greeting um, just because, you know, we are adults and, it, and that, that um, dynamic feels a little weird. Um, and then another thing is just the, the assumption that everyone is, is straight. Um, I hear that quite often you know, whenever administration, they are trying to connect to students, but they may ask, you know, hey, you know, do you have a girlfriend or do you have a boyfriend instead of using more of a gender neutral term, um, just as in as in uh, partner or just asking, you know, who they're dating rather than assuming. Um, and another thing that we that I've started working with SAC on is is trying to create more gender neutral bathrooms, even if they are just single stall. And for the most part, what we found is just like a quick change in the messaging or the signage around the bathrooms, not necessarily a big renovation needs to happen, but just having more gender neutral bathrooms so that people do feel more comfortable going into um, going into restrooms and not feeling like, oh, someone's going to say something or they're going to think I'm this or that whenever I walk in. Perfect. Um, I'm going to I'm going to just pause for a second and acknowledge just one thing, which is we want to create environments where people can be the best versions of themselves, right? And so the things that Emma and Jaden and Casey identified are things that are keeping our student athletes from becoming the best versions of themselves, from being comfortable in their academic environment, their training environment, their social environment. And as administrators, like this is what we signed up to do is to try to help them navigate their way through college. And so the, the points that, that Emma and Jaden and Casey all brought up are things that are their roadblocks. You know, I heard things like homophobic policies. And so we have to take a look at whether we're, we're faith-based or not, we got to take a look at what are our policies doing to, to create these roadblocks for our student athletes. The lack of education, the taboo subject, what are we doing 
to make things more accessible in terms of conversations. Um, and so that, that brings me to my next question. So we understand a little bit better about what some of these issues are. How can departments or teams and coaches, leaders of those teams, how can we move the needle to create a more inclusive environment for our students? Casey, I'm gonna um, ask you to answer that one first. Yeah, I think what Jaden mentioned a while ago is just like normalizing LGBTQ people. I think that is something that is still missing out of athletics. You know, we talk a lot about women in sports and more recently we're starting to talk about race in sports, but we're still missing a, a pretty decent uh, sized chunk of, of people in sports that it's like we we know that we know that LGBTQ people are there and maybe we are accepting of them, but we don't do anything to really acknowledge and highlight them. Um, you know, I think even just as simple as in June, let's let's put a post up there about Pride Month. In October, let's put something out there about coming out day. Whenever we are, you know, listing bios on our websites for staff, you know, I often see you know, this person is married to this woman or this woman is married to this man. Like, let's also give our LGBTQ staff the ability to list their partners because that's only going to help our LGBTQ student athletes know, okay, this is someone that I can identify with and someone I can relate to. And I always tell staff like, yes, I'm a mental health clinician and I love it when student athletes seek me out to wanna, to wanna talk, but I'm not going to, to vibe with everyone. You know, there are gonna be other people in in the LGBTQ community that they may want to reach out to, but they have no idea who these people are. So if we can even just be a little bit more um, visual and open and talking about LGBTQ people and topics and issues, I think student athletes would feel so much more comfortable being themselves, being authentic and reaching out to different mentors uh, within our athletic departments. Yeah, to jump off that, um... One thing I've thought about is that we we've always seen um, administration bringing in black men or women that that work in business to show that um, our black athletes can can make it can make it up in a business uh, spectrum, and they always see they bring in business women um, to empower women and to show that they can strive for something better. But one thing that we do not see is uh, people that identify in the LGBT community. Um, in those roles, and if if we put something out there where we can show that hey, this is someone that is out and proud, and they um, are living their life and able to achieve a certain level of success, I feel like that would be a great aspect to show to our LGBTQ LGBTQ athletes, even if they are in the closet. Awesome idea, Emma. Some of the things that you've seen institutions doing, or ideas that you have on how they can move the needle. So I agree that representation and visibility is a huge part of empowering student athletes. And I think in my experience at BYU, a huge part of it was administrators taking their own initiative to educate themselves about the LGBTQ plus community. That wasn't something that the institution was going to ask them to do. So I feel that that kind of initiative would have helped spark more and more conversations and that the student athletes themselves wouldn't have had to go so far out of the way to ask for it. So I think education is the biggest thing anytime you're addressing any kind of bias you may have toward a group of people. So I agree, visibility, representation, and education, so important. 
you summed it up perfectly. Jaden and Emma, I want to dig a little deeper, um, talking about institutions that are rooted in, in religious values and um, possibly have uh, homophobic policies or the topic is taboo. Um, what have you seen, in addition to administrators educating themselves, what have you seen as um, behaviors or acts that have, have made it easier for you in your walk? One thing that has been made it easier for me is that administration has come to me personally, um, saying, I love what you're doing. If you need any help, um, don't hesitate to reach out. And I don't know if, as Emma said, um, she has struggles with administration not knowing how to push it because she was at a religious institution. But if they're already in Fordham, I'm not aware of them. But what makes it very easy um, for myself and other athletes to come out is knowing that administration is going to have our back and knowing that if we do decide to have any group sessions or want to do anything on campus that they are going to help us out and show support. I agree. I feel that, and maybe this is harsh to say, but I wish I had seen more bravery an initiative on the part of administrators. I understand that this, these, this, this is someone's job and this is their career and this is how they support themselves, but just with how intense things were at BYU and just the ramifications of mental health and suicide on campus, I always wondered why I didn't see more action taken on the part of administrators. So maybe that's something I just need to process for me, but Please, like initiative taking, just having the conversation, even when you don't fully understand yet, makes such a big difference. Because I think especially at a religious institution like BYU, where the majority of students are kind of coming from a similar place with religion, like we're all on this journey together. And I think more and often than not, you're going to connect with the athletes that you're speaking to about these things and you're learning it, you know, at the same rate. So I just wish there was more bravery with that and putting yourself out there because that's the kind of thing that changes culture and can ultimately challenge some of the policies that keep things feeling so unsafe. And I appreciate you really bringing it up and calling us all out. And what I, what I love is when you use the word bravery, which I will attach to courage, um, and I think Brene Brown does the best job of tying vulnerability with courage. So it leaves us to a, a nice segue into Jaden's work. Um, Jaden, you know, I mentioned in your bio that you um, were able to start a student organization with some friends and teammates. Could you talk a little bit about the organization and then share some of the keys to actually getting that launched on your campus? Yeah, so Fordham Connect, it kind of started this summer um, during quarantine because I had a lot of um, friends and other athletes in different sports talking about how they felt so disconnected from themselves. Um, football or any other sport that we play has been part of our life since we were about six years old. And this was the first year that our season had been canceled and we haven't, um, and we're going down a road of, uncertainty. And so a lot of people were getting um, depressed or feeling an out-of-body experience because that they're no longer 
themselves or who they thought they were. And so we decided, hey, how can we, what can we put through to have athletes come have a place to talk about things that they face um, and just overall aspect of mental health. And then we, we started thinking we can, we can have these discuss, discussion groups for certain subgroups as well, for BIPOC, the Black Indigenous People of Color, also a women's subgroup and an LGBTQ subgroup because, and that's why I became the executive leader of our LGBT, LGBTQ subgroup because there is nothing on campus for us. Um, a lot, I might know um, some people that identify with the community, but there's there's no, there's no, nothing in place for us to come together and and talk and just understand that other people are facing the same challenges as us. Um, so over the summer, we connected with administration, Janan Paul and Ed Cole, which is our athletic director. And they were, they were ecstatic. They were so happy that we wanted to do this. And they were, they were also excited because this is something that we can do even if we're not in person because of Zoom and going forward, it's, it's a great thing to have a group like this because when you take off, when you take something off of you that you've been holding on your shoulders for so long, um, it just makes you feel like you're, you're open with yourself and more connected so that you can then focus on play. I love that. And uh, you probably saw, I think everybody's head was nodding. Um, when you take that weight off, right? You free yourself up to be the best version of yourself and focus on the things that are important. Um, Casey, I wonder if you could share, you know, if you think about students like Jaden and Emma, um, how can administrators help and be supportive and, and maybe help them get a group um, organized uh, to create a space for students to talk about these, you know, the challenges that they're facing? Yeah, so the, the thing that I always recommend to administration, and I've, I've worked on both sides. I've worked in the athletic department and on campus, and I apologize if y'all can hear sirens <laughs> going, um, but just, and there's my dog. I, I knew this was going to happen. I jinxed it. <laughs> I uh, always encourage you to ask your students. I'm so sorry. That is so perfect, Casey. You just keep going. I know. Hey. hey it's okay. I told y'all this. I was like, I have a feeling a siren is going to come through at some point and set her off. And she was sleeping, and of course, it went off. <laughs> Um, but what I always encourage administration to do is, if you know that you have LGBTQ students, ask them what they want. I, I think a huge problem comes into play when we, you know, we have all these ideas, you know, we're super accepting and we want to see our students achieve things. We want to see them successful. We want to see them be able to focus on play, like Jaden said. So we just like start implementing all these things without actually asking them what it is that they want. And something that I've realized, you know, I'm, I'm 10 years removed from college, so I'm a little bit closer in age than a lot of our administration, but things have changed so much in the 10 years that I've been out of school. And I, you know, something I've realized is we are starting to have more student athletes who are out as trans or out as non-binary or whatever. And that's not something that was very common or popular back when I was in school. And so, as we try to keep up with the generation and the vocabulary and the things that they're learning about themselves, it's best to just say, hey, 
what is it that you all need from us? And I, I'll say this, you know, our athletic director, Hunter Yerichek, that is something that I feel like he has done a great job, especially with our black student athletes on campus. You know, instead of saying, hey, I'm gonna put these things in place and this will help y'all and things will be great. He said, hey, tell me what it is that you want. Tell me what it is that administration can do for you. What is it that we can do to make y'all feel more successful and go from there and actually take into consideration those things and implement those things. Obviously we can't implement everything because budgets and you know whatnot, but listen to them and what, they, what it is that they need and want. And I, I don't really think that you can go wrong from there. Such a great point. And Casey, if you think you're you're removed, you can imagine somebody like me. But th that point about asking what they want, what they need is so critical. Um, you know, our audience has many sports information and communications professionals who want to do right by their students, coaches, and staff. You know, we we understand pronouns, and and I think it would be helpful if if panelists could share what advice you have for these communications professionals to better understand and appropriately utilize pro pronouns in their work. I'll, I'll jump in really quickly if that's okay. Um, ask pronouns. I, that's something I always push is just ask. And if you don't feel comfortable asking, then offer your pronouns first and that'll open up the door for someone else to, to offer um, their pronouns. I know like with myself, I use non-traditional pronouns. I use they, them, and their, and I'm getting more comfortable offering mine first to people that I know identify as cisgender and they use binary pronouns, but it's super helpful when someone that does use, you know, kind of your traditional pronouns come up to me and say, hey, my pronouns are he, him, and his, what are yours? Like if, to me, it's just like, uh, okay, that weight is lifted. I don't have to be the one to kind of like out myself or, or um, you know, other myself in this situation. And this person is, is understanding of pronouns and they want me to feel included. Um, and then the other thing I'll say is, you know, if you're working on any articles or stories that are go on the website, before you publish that story, maybe get with the student athlete or the staff member, whoever it's gonna be and ask them what are their pronouns because it is nothing worse getting on the internet seeing this great story about yourself and then only to see that they've used the wrong pronouns and you don't feel like you're in a position to correct it and you know everyone's patting you on the back for all these things but it's like i can't even revel in this success because i'm, I'm busy thinking about oh all these people are going to refer to me as as this pronoun that i don't even associate with one thing i can add um, I know you can you can see someone that that looks like you or looks like someone else and assume that they might have a he him pronoun, but pronouns are chosen and gender is a spectrum and they don't always connect. Um, I think someone's pronouns are just as important as their name. So when you decide when you know that they're when you know their pronouns and decide not to call them by that, that's just saying that you don't care about their identity because that's something that they hold dear to themselves. And I know a lot of people aren't accustomed to or not used to using they, them, and theirs, but that's just something that um, people have to get over for themselves because times have, are, are changing and um, that's, that's how people identify and just have to show 
um, respect to those people. And the first step in creating a safe space to allow people to be as they are is, is accepting their pronouns. Yeah, I want to support what they both said because it honestly should have always been like this. People should always be able to be spoken to the way that they identify. And I know that that's something that my generation in particular is really emphasizing and I think that's wonderful. And yeah, making assumptions is just never okay and it is not effective communication. So I know I'm preaching to the choir here when I think we're all working for the most effective communication and using people's right pronouns is the way to go. So, love it. Perfectly said. Um, you know, we had a question from the audience come in uh, about um, being an ally. And I, I think about um, the space of allyship, um, you know, in regards to LGBTQ plus students, but also in, in the space of pronouns. So, um, you guys have touched on this, but we'll take it one step further. The question is, what's the best way for administrators to let their student athletes know that we I can't hear you. You can hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. Hey, yeah, I think we I think we may have lost <laughs> yeah. Oh Tanya. <laughs> I'm gonna, hopefully she doesn't mind. I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume, <laughs> I'm gonna assume that the question was how to let student athletes know that they're thing. I can't, I can't actually see the question. Oh, here it is. What's the best way for administrators to let their student athletes know that we are allies and can support them during their careers? So I'll, I'll I, think that, I think that kind of comes back to what you said and just reaching out. I think the best thing um, to show support and show that you care and want to help people be the best they themselves is reaching out and asking um, if it's for anything black students um, lgbtq students just asking hey what would you like to be implemented how can i help you through this process and your time at college because that that is their job I agree. It's 2020. It's just best practice for being a professional. And if you're going to work with a diverse do not say body, then you need to prepare to do so. So I think it's just taking that initiative and having those conversations because it's that's like that's the job. And yeah, I think that it kind of summarizes it. So it is on you to kind of ask what people's pronouns are, what makes them feel most comfortable because if you're genuinely looking for their best performance, then that's definitely the way to go. That's kind of how you handle it with any athlete in any situation. So queer student athletes are no different. And I, I completely agree. And you know, someone had mentioned something about allies. One thing that I'm really big on is for allies, especially with pronouns, if you hear someone being dead named or um, someone uses the wrong pronouns, you know, correct that person. 
you know, don't leave it up to that individual to, to feel uncomfortable in that situation by not saying anything or they feel like they're the ones that, has, that have to correct them. Be an ally and, and kind of take the, the brunt of that for them. If, you know, if someone uses the wrong pronouns for Jaden, I'm going to step in and say, no, he actually uses he, him, and his pronouns. Um, and I, I think that's a great way to let student athletes know that you support them and that's a way to be an active ally. That's that's something that I'm really big on. You know, we all can say we're allies and not do anything, but if you are, are actually an ally, you have to be active and you have to do certain acts in order to support, um, you know, those of us that do identify as queer or whatever, um, any other marginalized identity that, that someone may hold. Can yeah, I add on yeah. to that? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You go ahead. I, I watched a lot of administrators lip service being an ally and i just want to say being an ally is something that you are all the time as casey said it is not something that you embody when it is convenient for you and i saw that happen a lot that behind closed doors and in closed meetings that people weren't actually being allies but you know when there was press around and when it was a social media campaign they were so happy to be seen as an ally so just want to say that's completely inappropriate and I don't think that's what people on this call are going to bring to the table but just know that that isn't ever okay. Yeah one thing I wanted to touch on um, that Casey brought up is that when allies step in and they're the ones that um, correct people for misuse of pronouns or discrimination that's what means the most having someone that doesn't identify with the community come in and show support. Um, I feel like that that helps um, other people outside of the community accept people that identify as LGBTQ. Okay, can you see me again? Oh, thank God. Of course, we never have a web problem until we have a web problem, right? Um, I, I love, first of all, I love jumping back in and hearing such great conversations. So thank you for keeping it going. Um, we had another question from the audience. It says that if an SID knows of an LGBTQ plus student athlete who is out and they are interested in pitching the story to the media, what is the best way to approach the student athlete and ensure that they will help educate the journalists, give their story, et cetera? Wait, is that me for me? Go for it, Emma. <laughs> so, okay, can you ask me a question one more time? I totally missed that. That's all right. Um, so if an SID knows of an LGBTQ plus student athlete who's out and they're interested in pitching a story to the media, what's the best way to approach the student athlete and also ensure that they're gonna help to educate the journalist and give their story justice? I think extending the opportunity to give someone a voice is, I experience that as very flattering, maybe because I'm a PR major and I, that's like my thing, I love it. Um, but I think, yeah, like sending an email and just saying, hey, you can, like, if you do this, I'm happy to support you no matter what. If you don't feel comfortable, that's totally okay. 
I think sending that and feeling it out is totally appropriate, but definitely extending the support. Like if you need help with me going over it and rereading it for you and just making sure that we're really communicating how you feel and what your priorities and sharing your story are. I feel like that's always helpful. One thing uh, with me, I was reached out by Joe Dabari here at Fordham and it was great the way that he did it. He contacted me saying, hey, there's someone um, that would like to speak to you. If you are comfortable, I can give them your contact information. And just asking for like, if I'm comfortable to do that, to, ex to express myself and something I might not be uh, was very helpful. Yeah, I, I don't have much to add to that. I think what they said was perfect. And, and maybe even just, you know, offering or extending the invitation to, to talk to the journalist yourself and say, hey, before the story is ran, we would like to, to read it and just to make sure that, you know, pronouns are correctly. You are uh, presenting this student athlete in the correct light or however that they said certain things, just because, not that I don't trust journalists, but they can uh, kind of take off on their own um, views sometimes. And so just making sure that it, it is presented in a way that's not going to offend the student athlete. Yes, perfectly said. Um, we got another audience question. It says, um, as each institution looks to pro be proactive rather than reactive and looks to dive into current athletics handbooks, policies, etc., how can we further protect those in the LGBTQ plus family through policies? Um, number one, the NCAA needs to only include schools in the NCAA that are going to abide by set diversity and inclusion standard. And if schools aren't willing to abide by those standards, then they shouldn't be competing in the NCAA. And I would add, you know, if you're if you've got certain school policies, make sure that you have diverse voices on that on that group that's making those policies it's it's nothing worse than than working for a place or being a student athlete in a place that you've got to abide by all these policies but your voice wasn't represented at all so if you're going to have certain policies on campus make sure you have um you know black voices make sure you have other bipoc voices you have voices of women you have voices of queer people you have voices of gender non-conforming people, because you don't know what you don't know. And all of us, even if we don't mean any harm, we're coming into situations and we're creating policies based on our own worldviews and we're completely missing someone else's and then not realizing until later that we've harmed them in some way. Perfectly said. Um, I do have a question kind of about the current climate. So. You guys have talked a lot about how administrators and coaches can make an environment more inclusive. Um, I would love to hear from you guys about things that really give you optimism, things that you're seeing move in the right direction, whether they're positive initiatives or different programs or high profile athletes um, that are out or are raising the issue um, to the public domain. Can you share what brings hope and optimism to your world? Um, one thing that my coach does that I was very grateful even before I came out is he says things like, I don't, I don't care 
what your sexual orientation is or what your your race is. He accepts them all and appreciates them all for what they are. But when on the field, he looks at all of us as as athletes that are a family and coming together. And I I just think that's great because even even though like he does, he acknowledges all of it, he's still gonna treat us exactly the same. And by stating that before, like when all the freshmen come on, by stating that, that really uh, shows support for so many different um, diversities. And it kind of it helps open up the, the players that might um, be closed off to that by showing that he supports it and that they should too in the long run. Gonna go. I'll let you go, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I came out for the first time, it was to athletic director Liz Darger at BYU. And it was the first time I ever said that I was LGBTQ plus officially out loud. And I was raised my whole life in the church. That was the only context I had were heterosexual relationships temple marriage I was very religious and Liz obviously is very religious as well but when I came out to her she said that she loved me and she pulled out her phone and showed me a picture of one of her good friends who was lesbian and who was married and who had a son and I'd never been shown that kind of representation before from someone who had my background. And it meant the world to me and it changed my ability to navigate BYU with hope and to kind of start pushing back against some of the policies that are there. So it makes a big difference, you know, those small interactions and when you can show up, you know, with, with just enough support for someone to keep them going. So please never, Never, never underestimate the impact you can have by being there for someone and just seeing and supporting them as they are. Emma, thank you for sharing that. And Liz, if you're out there, you deserve a shout out. Um, but Emma, just I just appreciate you saying it just like that. And Jaden, same thing, you know, to have a football coach, you know, in a sport that is um, struggling in its own right, to have a football coach, put it out there first is, is awesome. Casey, what gives you hope and optimism? Honestly, the fact that we're having this panel right now, like the, the number of, of panels that I have sat on in like the last three years, and especially the last year focusing on being out and queer in sports, it's, it's kind of blown my mind. Like there's no way that 20 year old Casey would ever have believed that this would be a thing. And the fact that we've got so many attendees on this call and that, that tells me that there's so many people out there and so many schools out there that are really trying to get it right. And I really hope that y'all are, are hearing and, and feeling the emotion that Jaden and Emma are bringing to this because I mean, they're, I mean, they're telling you right there, like to, to hear a coach say, I accept you and to have an athletic director say, I love you. That is so incredibly powerful for people. And that gets 
that that gets us through so so much and i'm sure this is the mental health clinician in me but it truly truly can save a life i've i've seen it a number of times just someone saying i love you i accept you i'm here for you i support you that that means the world to so many people and we are in an, a very unique position to to touch the lives of so many young people right now and we would be we would not be doing our, our jobs if we didn't touch the lives of every single one not regardless of their sexual orientation not regardless of their gender like if we just did the right thing by them we could change so many lives and and they're going to change so many lives because of that so I, I appreciate both of you saying those things and and just being so vulnerable because i yeah i, I remember being in that position and knowing how how great it would have felt to hear someone say that back then yeah, to jump off to jump off that um i i would have never thought i would be doing this um a couple years ago i always have told myself that i would be in the closet my entire life just because i didn't want to face the discrimination and then coming to college and seeing administration talk just having a conversation talking about lgbtq people and saying how here we accept them and being in a community that accepts everyone for who they are um definitely changes people's lives because if i never had to i don't know if i would be on this call right now um or even be out in my life and so for administration just the the idea of you saying something and addressing it and making it a topic of conversation will definitely change someone's life. Really, truly, perfectly said. Um, there, there is a downside to this, um, and in that there is still a lot of work to be done. Um, so, kind of the flip side of the question: What are some things that give you pause or cause concern for the current climate for our student athletes in this country? Um, I, you know, one thing that I see a big problem is that people are now accepting people's um, sexual orientation, but they're not accepting gender identity. Um, that is really big in sports and even outside of sports, how they, and it goes along with pronouns as well. Um, people are accepting of lesbians, um, more, more now, gay people and in bisexuality and i see this firsthand a lot of people they don't really accept you as bisexual they just kind of like to see what they want to see you as and then um for pronouns and um, people that identify as transgender they they don't accept that and they kind of see that part of the community as something that isn't that shouldn't shouldn't be, and that's one thing that we definitely need to push forward with. Um, basically, people need to challenge how they're conditioned to think. That was something that I had to do being raised a member of the church. I was taught that, you know, being LGBTQ plus wasn't natural, and that anyone that identified outside of their uh, sex assigned at birth was just basically crazy and both of those beliefs are wrong and they're inappropriate and it took me time and education to challenge those things and to become better 
And as I'm sure we've all learned in the past year, especially with race conversations, we have so much work to do in challenging the way that we're conditioned to think we all need to do a better job. And it's disappointing to see adults and professionals, especially at BYU, not taking a stand for what matters and focusing more on the money and job security when there are literally lives at stake. So to me, that's always been really difficult to come to terms with, especially when I myself had to work so hard to challenge things and you know become better than how I was raised. But it's a process and I just hope that everyone can you know, commit to that. We're all on this journey together and we can do so much better. I, I have nothing to add. I think they both said it perfectly. I have absolutely nothing to add there. Yeah, they are incredible. We did get a, a question from the audience um, that I, I think you guys can definitely weigh in on. What are your best suggestions to reach out to student athletes that are interested in creating a student athlete LGBTQ plus program? I, I really appreciate going through SAC. Um, I feel like it, it's very helpful reaching out to SAC executives and then having them reach out to students um, just because a lot of times they have better connections with other student athletes and so they can say you know, hey, this department is looking for this or this and this, um, and then leaving it up to the student to, to get back in contact with us. But I, yeah, I think um, SAC student athlete development are great places to start just because I feel like for the most part, they are the ones that are connecting with student athletes um, so often. Um, one thing I would add is kind of look at what other schools in your area are doing. Uh, with LGBTQ programs and kind of adopting what they're doing and putting it into your own institution. Um, I know that's very helpful. I've contacted with GoSpace, which has helped me come with ideas of how I should run the discussion groups as well as what other people have been doing. And that's very helpful because I want to make this the uh, the best thing I can I can make it for the other athletes on campus. I worked on diversity and inclusion through SAC number one and then I mean the way I got on this webinar is because an administrator from BYU recommended it to me. So I think just texting, sending emails and also yeah showing Go to the meetings, send emails. I think that can be effective. Put pressure on coaches, show up at practice, do it. Hey, Tanya, I think you may be muted. You think it, it's my first webinar? I'm just joking. Um, Anyway, uh, this question is actually specific to the audience. Um, you know, these are members of COSIDA and 4A, others that are, are definitely interested in the topic. Um, what do you think membership organizations, including the NCAA, uh, need to do to make an impact and move the needle towards a more welcoming, inclusive, and safe space for our LGBTQ student athletes? 
They need to enforce diversity and inclusion standards and schools that are not willing to follow them should not be able to participate in the NCAA. And that should go for anything diverse, like gender identity, sexuality, race, religion, whatever it is. It's just not okay and they really need to take a stand for it. I'd say continue offering trainings and webinars and, and putting as much accessible education out there as possible. I think Emma had hit on it earlier. You know, even if you just have the education out there to allow for staff administration to seek it out on their own, like at least it's there. You know, I know everyone can't make a webinar in the middle of the day on a Tuesday, but if it's somewhere, if it's housed somewhere where they can go back and watch it or if they can go back and read some stuff, um, that's something that'll, that's, that's great. Um, also, I mean, we, I fly this thing everywhere. I fly my trans flags. Like it's, when you walk into my office, you know that just about everyone, I, I can't think of anyone that's not going to be accepted unless you are just a horrible person. But I've, I've got my trans flag. I got my rainbow flag. I've got, you know, Black Lives Matter all in my office. And that's so when students walk in, they know, okay, I can be myself in here. And yes, that's coming from a, you know, a therapist perspective, but I feel like if athletic departments did it, if, you know, at the NCAA, if I walked into the NCAA where they've got all the school um, plaques and everything, and I saw a rainbow flag, like I'd be trying to get a job there immediately. So I think anything that you can do to show people, it doesn't even have to be verbal all the time, whatever you can do to just show people that you are open and accepting and supportive of them, like that is going to open you up so much more, but also give them a space. And I think that also goes back to, you know, what I think it was, what are the best suggestions to see if student athletes are interested? If you have stuff like this up, you're going to have student athletes reach out and say, hey, I saw this in your office. I really want to create this kind of um, group or whatever on campus. Can you help me with that? Like you're going to have student athletes seeking you out. So I think if you, whatever you can do to make your environment more appealing to people, that is the best way to get student athletes on board and figure out, okay, how do we start to move the needle in the right, in the right direction? Yeah, I think Casey uh, said it perfectly. I just want to reiterate, education is the biggest thing for administration as well as um, athletes or any students. Um, just educating, bringing in guest speakers to keep it, keep it in conversation. Um, the more it's talked about, the more um, normal it will be. And then the more people will feel accepted and have a better time with throughout how many years they're in college and throughout the rest of their life. I want to add that this is actions speak louder than words. And when I was at a Black Lives Matter parade this summer, they said like, this isn't a moment, this is a movement. But in order for that to be a, the case in terms of any diversity thing, you need to show action. Do not just say it. Don't just say you're going to be an ally. Don't just say these things. Like you really have to be ready to stand up. That's the only way that things actually become different. And student athletes have a BS meter. So if you're BSing them and you're just lip servicing inclusion, they're going to pick up on that and that doesn't make them feel any more safe. So as a student athlete that does pick up on BS, don't, don't even, don't even try it. 
But um, anyway, I think everyone, everyone here has good intentions, so I shouldn't go off. But I think we're all going to be okay. We're all going to be okay, I think. Yeah, Emma, out of the words. yeah, amen. And I'll tell you, you got to surround yourself with truth tellers. And I would put Emma Gee anywhere in that that arena. Um, she tells the truth, and uh, I would say that for every panelist, there's so many important um, topics and suggestions and experiences shared. I want to echo um, sentiment that we're reading in the the chat. Um, I just want to thank the panelists for their vulnerability and for their authentic, uh, their authentic words, for sharing experiences that obviously have touched you deeply. Uh, it's massive. And you, you heard things, um, you heard it from, from both Jaden and Emma, you just hear about the weight that is lifted when you share your story and someone says, I love you, or you got a place here. That's massive, and that's going to allow people to go on to become the best that they can be. So um, I just want to thank everyone for joining today's information session. A big thanks to Jaden, to Emma, and Casey. You guys are gold. Um, I, I learned a ton, and I'm an old bird, so I appreciate you guys sharing. Um, I want to thank our co-hosts, COSIDA and N4A, for producing this really important webinar series. Again, I'd encourage you to go see session one. It was incredible, um, and obviously uh, share this, this information with your staff, with your colleagues, share with your coaches. Um, it's just really important that we continue to get the message out. I love what Emma says too, is like there, there really isn't a place for hate in the NCAA, and so we'll continue to do great work. Jaden and I work in the same conference, so I've got ideas on what we're gonna do in the Atlantic 10. We'll get things moving in our conference, and we'll continue to put pressure on the NCAA. Um, I'm just reading through my script. All the links to this will be in the cosida.com website. All the on-demand options are free of charge. And thank you again for joining this incredibly important conversation today. Be well.